You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview on Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. I was in the hot seat chatting all about the Tahoe 200-mile race that just went down last week. I was out there with my crew. It was an incredible experience, and I'm so excited to share a little bit about what went on during those 96 hours on the trail. So I loved it. I was interviewed by Sasquatter Matt Klein. He is a 2021 Triple Crown finisher, which is the Bigfoot 200, Tahoe 200, Moab 240 that takes place over the course of just about three months. And that happened last year. So no better person to ask the pressing questions than Maddie. And uh, I had an absolute blast sitting down and chatting with him. We also have some guest appearances from a couple of my crew members. Wish everybody could have been there, but these are the local New Jersey gals that, that joined in the interview. And it was very fun because we recorded this in front of a small live audience. So you're gonna hear some background applause and laughing and stuff like that. Uh, it was recorded outside, so we did, we did the best we could with the audio. Some of it is a little bit wonky, so you'll have to bear with us with that. So uh, really hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, kick back and relax or go out and hit the trails. Enjoy the show. Alright, we're going to start. <laughs> Alright, uh, welcome everybody to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. We are here in the Livingston Superdome. Uh, doing a live broadcast. We've actually got a live audience. You can't see them, but they're all behind. Uh, so I'm here with my good friend Matt Klein, triple crown finisher. Cue the applause. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be chatting about Tahoe 200, so I'm in the hot seat tonight. Uh, real quick, We'll chat. Uh, I'll tell you what's going on with Sasquatch. We got a couple events coming up. Thank you to everyone who came out to the Midnight Squatch of Palooza. That was this weekend. We had uh, over 120 runners come out. And thanks to you guys, our lifetime giving for the New Jersey Coalition Against Sexual Assault is up to $3,000. So that's very exciting. Uh, we love supporting them. It was a great event. Uh, it's pretty wild. If you, if you didn't come out, I encourage you to come out next year, either the run, hike, or volunteer. Uh, we've got some races in July. Uh, you can check them out on sasquadtrailrunning.com. We've got our switchback race. That's a one-mile loop. That's uh, the second weekend in July. And then in August, we're at Stoke State Forest for two events. We've got our Thunder Chicken Squatch, which is seven miles, 17 miles. Uh, that's the first weekend in August. And then the last weekend in August is our Backyard Squatch Ultra, which is a qualifier for... Uh, Big's Backyard. So all that information is on our website, sasquadtrailrunning.com. And uh, I think we should start. We should start the interview. So if you're watching live, you can drop comments in the chat if you've got questions. I'm not sure how many of the questions we'll get to, but we have uh, a moderator back here off screen who's going to be feeding them uh, to Matt. And Matt's got a whole, I'm a little nervous, he's got a whole packet of, of notes start it off so I'm gonna kick back and is that seat actually hot it's hot <laughs> it's hot. so 
we'll start off with a big shout out to the whole Sasquatch community, I think. Um, just a quick anecdote. You know, I was out of Mountain Creek last week, met a few new people, and they're all like, "You're, you, I've seen you in pictures with Kim, and she's out there at Tahoe right now. So everybody was following you. It was a group chat. I can't tell you how much activity was in there. So much love and support. So my first question to you really is, talk to me about the community, the Sasquatch community and what it means to you. Because it's, it's something, it's mind blowing. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted you to get the tears out now. No, you're saying <laughs> it's probably the worst We'll start question. with the crying now. But the community we is tissues. absolutely spectacular. Um, so talk to me about that community and how it actually helped you in this endeavor, in the training leading up to and then the race itself. Um, well, if you don't know the backstory, uh, Tahoe was supposed to happen in September. So uh, both Matt and I were training for it up to just a couple weeks before it started, and then it was canceled because of wildfires. Um, and you know, all leading up to it, the Sasquatch community was so supportive, and then it was like this, the floodgates opened when the race was canceled, the people like really reaching out and giving encouragement. Uh, and it just, it didn't stop for another six months leading up to Tahoe, that just happened in June. Um, I had to ask this question first. Come on, <laughs> you wanna hold my hand? It's okay, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, all throughout the race, we talked a couple times on the phone, and each time you would mention that there's just so many people that are following the journey and supporting. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> and uh, I cried when we were out there. I think each time I stopped and just got really emotional about it because that just meant it meant so much to be to be plugged into a community that just cares and loves you. Um, and then when we got back, I still haven't been able to go through the Facebook post, the, the Facebook group. I opened it uh, the day after the race and just started <laughs> gushing and I closed it. I haven't been able to go back into it yet. I am going to read it this week. Um, but there were just, I mean, like literally hundreds and hundreds of comments about Sasquatch and people have been just reaching out saying, you know, we were on the tracker and people in my family got involved and they were invested and they wanted to know what was happening on the tracker and like my neighbor knew and my coworker knew what was going on. Um, so it just, it meant the world to me that Sasquad was so supportive. It was unbelievable and, and uh, you know, it's kind of funny over four days and you, you, you had a timer of around 96 hours. I would go to bed checking the tracker. I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would check the tracker. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd check the tracker. I'd harass your crew and ask for <laughs> updates. Even sending you texts, knowing that you weren't looking at them. But um, really uh, an amazing journey. So with that, I want to ask, why a 200? Why would you want to run 200? Well, I mean, you started it. <laughs> That's not a good answer. Because I don't have the answer to that. Well, you're in the hot seat. I know, I am in the hot seat. I mean, you did start it. You, you're you like, I describe you as the shark in the water when you smell blood. And I don't really need that much pushing to do something. Uh, so it was in the 100-mile race that we did, the self-supported thing, back in September 2020. 
September 11th, 2020. Uh, you started chipping away on, you know, 200 miles is easier than 100. I think you should think about Tahoe and like Mother Tahoe. Mother Tahoe is calling to you. But yeah, I think initially it started out as, you know, I did the 100 and wanted to go to the next thing and see, you know, what how much further you can go and push the distance and like be really cool to run really far um and i think as the two years went on those reasons got uh deeper and deeper and a lot more intrinsic than just like oh it'd be really cool so. you want to dive into a little about that <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep one it is a deep one before you do that i'll ask you know and i think it's an important question um identification so there's a lot of folks that are going to watch this whether live or, or replay we're talking about 200s and that's kind of can't even fathom that can't wrap your head around it so really you know what's somebody that's struggling to to make a 5k like what's the lessons what what is somebody that's trying to make a 5k 10k training for their first 13.1 miler marathon you know what what lessons what identification can there be between what you did with the 200 and, and what they're going through? Yeah, I, I really believe, and you might not believe me, but I, I'm telling you it's true that distances are, it's all relative, I think. And I get to see that firsthand a lot with being a race director, is that, um, and I remember it from when I started running, you know, 12, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, it's the same kind of joy and excitement you have when you hit like I remember when I first started running I was like couch to half marathon over a few months I remember each week went by uh, I ran six miles and then the next week I did seven um, the only difference is just, just this was like days long instead of a couple of hours um, but I think at the heart of it it's all the same in that you're finding a goal and you're pushing yourself to reach that goal. Um, and, you know, being plugged into a community from doing the shorter distances to the longer distances, I think, I don't know if that's like a cop-out to say it's all relative, but I think uh, there's a lot of connections to be made between the two. I, I, I think you're right about that. that, and that's that identification, not a comparison to distances, but identification. Because it's the same struggles and issues um, it's always good to know that somebody's gone that distance and can help you get to that place. And that's what I love about the community that you've, you've built, we've, we've built together. So, um, is it easier to run a 200 or to crew a 200? <laughs> I heard some laughter out of the peanut gallery. What's back there? What's going on? <laughs> Having done both, I can say they have challenges that are equally as hard. They're just different. Crewing was, crewing big, I crewed Matt Bigfoot 200 last August, and it was one of the most fun, difficult things I think I've ever done. Dougie is here in the audience, we crewed together. Um, I don't know if you could say what's harder. I mean, there really isn't much difference with the amount of sleep you get <laughs> as crew compared to uh, running. I know my crew would probably say the same thing. There wasn't a lot of sleep happening. Um, we'll get them out here for some questions. We'll do some guests. 
guest appearances? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're both equally as hard, but just in different, different ways. So, in Bigfoot, having crewed me, you know, I was hallucinating all the time, it seemed. <laughs> you saw a lot of One patients. might argue that I run these to hallucinate. Um, <laughs> and there's probably truth to that. Um, I saw a lot of things. I kept trying to point them out to you. And we got a couple questions that are coming in, so I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um, Yale Glazer asks, when did you first start hallucinating? And Anthony Longano asks, um, uh, excuse me, Robert Ivan. Nope, let me go back. Joe Go Endurance Running asks Joe. about hallucinations. So, you know, between Yale and, and Joe Go, when did you first start hallucinating, if you did, and what did you see? Mm. Well, I remember I was with Dina. We were, it was after 24 hours. It was in the daylight. And I said to her, see, those are the trees that are going to be horrifying at night because <laughs> they had these, like, crazy branches coming out of them. Um, I was with Laura, we were making our way to Heavenly, which is 100 miles, so it was approaching, I have no idea how long it was, it was over 36 hours, and I remember I looked up and I saw this white boulder that was for sure an igloo, and next to it was a polar bear, uh, and then I was still with it enough to tell myself, you need to not look up because that's all you're going to see is like circus animals and things. So I just, I put my head down because even in the peripheral, the shadows do crazy things and you haven't slept for a long time. So, but those are the two solid hallucinations that I saw. It could have been, they could have been real. It was snowing at that point. So maybe that was playing into the hallucinations. I wish you saw the fairy village by Stephen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's real. Well, there was a fairy village uh, there, I swear by yeah. it. Um, some rapid fire questions that we'll throw to you because there's a lot of questions about um, nutrition, about your gear, about your sleep strategy. So kind of walk us through that. And I know, and you've put together an amazing amount of content as far as the blog post and bringing us all along for the journey. And I think that's again back to the community. It's fantastic. You just you just lay it all out there. But now that you've done it, like talk about your nutrition. Talk about how you planned and and you know, how you, how you had to modify. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I've said these races are more about problem solving yeah. than anything. Cause no matter how much you plan, something's going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. It's how you handle it and keep moving forward that will allow you to get to the end. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about yeah, issues, think, yeah. you know, all, all your stuff and the issues you might have out there. I think like you, we talked about before the race, flexibility is so important. And that was definitely, I think, in like every aspect of the race, we had to be flexible. Uh, nutrition was one of them. You know, there was so much preparation that went into it with um, Dina Griffin. She was on the crew, pace team. She's a nutrition mechanic, nutritionmechanic.com. Check her out. Um, and we did, we've been working together since last April. Um, so we went in, I mean, there's just like spreadsheets of, of ideas that we had on like food that's going to work, could I get it at the aid station, would it be something crew would have to bring. Uh, we had a loose plan on like the first 30 miles or the first 50 miles by myself of what I was going to get at the aid and everything. Uh, but like right off the bat we had to be flexible because the aid stations, the anticipated food wasn't there. Um, and so 
I think that was something the crew, that was like the first big adjustment that they made was they were like, okay, this isn't going to work. Like, because I pretty much did bars and like snacky stuff for the first uh, 50 miles or so, mm. which I was, I remember coming in at mile 30 and saying, the bars suck. I can't do bars anymore. Um, so this, this type of race and distance, you got to, you got to do real, real calories, real food. Real food. So that was something that they went, and then they went out to the store and started buying stuff to make at the house. So we really lucked out with the logistics of the race, with it crew being able to go back and forth to the house because the aid station wasn't working out for me. Mm -hmm. um, so they would come back with just like piles of food in Ziploc bags, like sandwiches and. <laughs> reminder. Come on, everybody. Reminder. <laughs> say this on camera? Yes, you can. We called them sexy snacks. <laughs> and why did we call them sexy snacks? I don't know if we can go into the whole backstory of that on this camera. PG. Remember, PG. PG. Yeah. So, anyway, we called them sexy snacks. And I remember saying, we need more sexy snacks. And uh, they brought a ton. And that was... I mean, that, th those are the type of things where I think it could make or break a race. And I heard stories from, you know, I had a friend who was a vegan, and he went through two aid stations and wasn't able to eat anything. Uh, so that presents a lot of challenges. Uh, so this is one of the countless reasons why I'm so thankful for the crew, because they just problem solve from mile one to 200. That leads into a couple other questions, but I'll right off the top. What was your favorite food then after? I know I, I was a big breakfast burrito. You know, is that a breakfast burrito in your pocket or are you just glad to see me type of guy? Yeah. <laughs> I was banking on the breakfast burritos, but they didn't show up too much. I remember one aid station, I had two of them in one sitting. Uh, Dina was very proud of me. And I think beyond that, maybe one or two. But I remember at Bigfoot, we had burritos like every aid station. Yeah. Um, what was my favorite? I think the thing that worked the best, which Dina thought of, was she brought, uh, she made protein shakes. So she brought in shakes at the aid station, and then we also had like liquid nutrition. I am a very slow eater, takes a long time to eat, and so that was a strategy that she came up with, is like a quick way to get a lot of calories at the aid station, was like just kicking back a smoothie that had a bunch of calories. Right. I think I've seen people drinking Ensure shakes and stuff out there. Yes, yeah, we used that uh, Orgain, but similar idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, sleep schedule. Mm. How'd that work out? Yeah, flexibility. Because you went 96 hours, what's the what's the exact time? 14 minutes. 96 hours, 14, 14 minutes. minutes. Yeah, 37 seconds. There we go, for the crew. But who's counting? <laughs> We went in... Wait, and what did you do at the top of Homewood before you came down to the finish line? What did I do? Cried? No. You and Dina? <laughs> Didn't you look something up on ultrasound? Oh, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> no. We did. At the top of Homewood, I knew that you finished in 96 hours. And I pulled out my phone and went on UltraSign up 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the exact time because Dina was like, how important... It was a goal. It was my goal to beat you. Good to okay. know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> Dina said, how important is it that you beat Matt? And I was like, I mean, 
I would really have a lot of satisfaction. <laughs> so I pulled out Ultra Sign Up, and we saw it was like 96.50 something. It's on my belt. Yeah. yeah. And Dina says the look that came upon my face was like the biggest. You know, smile. the lottery um, is open now for Tahoe 2023. A uh, little showdown. That's all I'm saying. We could throw it out. <laughs> all right, we're getting sidetracked here, but. Um, sidetracked. Sleep strategy. Sleep strategy. There was a loose plan. We'll call it a framework, I think. We had said, and I'll have to look at my crew here. Three, Three hours at Heavenly, which was halfway. 90 on night two. 90 minutes on night two. And then like a half hour, 45 minutes on the last night. Half hour, 45 on the last night. So what is that about you go 40 hours first and then catch three hours? Yeah. Like, give us that. Mm-hmm. That was... Why are you looking at me like that? That was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that was challenging. My eyeballs were falling out of their sockets, uh, making my way to Heavenly. Um, but the challenge was, I thought there'd be more opportunities to take trail naps, but it was so cold at night, like once the sun went down. Um, even stopping to eat, you had to throw on a puffy jacket because it got so cold. Um, one time when I was with Robin, I said, like, I need to sleep or I'm going to die. And so we, I laid down and tried to do a trail nap. And I, I had the bivy. I was in the bivy, but I was shivering. Um, it was so cold. So I think I probably would have liked to have slept more, but it was really challenging to do that. For me, at least. I don't know if other people were able to do it, but I wasn't able to sleep that well because it was so cold. Did your blocks of sleep come during night hours? Well, the first one, it was like, textbook perfect the way it worked out because we got into heavenly at like 3 34 in the morning and then slept for about two and a half three hours so it was sunrise and that was that was like the big goal was to do this whole circadian rhythm so that worked out really well and then i don't really remember the other times it was oh my two only 30 yeah Right, right. Yeah. And then the last night, we came in right at night time. The third night, yeah, it worked out well. It was again. I don't think they can hear off camera. Right. Yes, yeah, so Grace, crew chief, is in the back. She was saying uh, the rundown. I think the second time I slept, it was during the day, but it was only, instead of two or an hour and a half, it was only a half an hour. I was pretty grumpy about it. Grumpy, McGrumpy pants? Yeah, McGrumpy pants, big time. <laughs> <laughs> were you crying or were you yelling? I think I was just really grumpy. <laughs> Robin was crying. Falling my eyes. <laughs> it was pretty grumpy. Um, and then the third time, I don't know, was it was, it, was that Stephen Carr? Tyler City in the car. Yeah. It was for a little put bit. On some jammies, but <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how long, like what the total time was. It was probably. What do you think? The break, two hours. No, like total sleep time. We didn't look that up. Seven or eight hours. No, it was three, four, four and a half, five. Five, yeah. and the trail now about six. Yeah. About six hours. What did the, the weather uh, was not what you expected. Yeah, it was right? a lot it's colder. June in yeah. Tahoe, thinking warm, starting to jump in the lake. That wasn't the case. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the weather and the challenges yeah. that that, that uh, put in front of you. It was, it was chilly. I mean, the first night when I was by myself, it started hailing. And that was the first time I felt 
I remember telling the crew I felt scared. I was by myself. It was hailing. No, no other runners around? There were no other runners. I'm like, wow, these are the stories you hear about, like, you know, in the middle of Tahoe. and Pitch black. Pitch black, hail. You can't really see because of the headlamp and the hail. Uh, but then I told myself, like, no, you've got, you have the required gear. Like, there's no reason to be nervous. Uh, and that helped stay calm. Uh, but, it, yeah, we had snow like on and off there was hail on and off i remember i was with dina once it was like blue skies sunny and just snowing it was the craziest thing so it was a lot colder than i think we thought it was going to be at night with the wind it got down to the 20s so it was pretty chilly so um statistically i mean you've you were you were top 10 age group you did fantastic. There were 95 DNFs. I think there was only a 58% finish rate, which wow, is, is that really what it was? Yeah, which is remarkable. What do you What do you think knocked other folks out? I know that's kind of a tough question to ask. It's you're, I'm asking for conjecture there, but yeah. I, well, in the face, there's a Tahoe 200 Facebook group, and there's this whole thread about the Tahoe lung. Yeah. Tahoe Lung. So uh, there were sections of the course that were very dusty. Like I remember Tunnel Creek coming down there. It was very sandy and dusty. So people were talking about how that like got into their lungs. And were people running with buffs on? I didn't see anybody with masks or buffs. Mm-hmm. I didn't even. I, I mean, I had a buff with me, but I never. I didn't use it. Um, I had a little bit of a cough, but people were saying that like it was so bad that they would run for like a minute and then they'd have to stop because they couldn't they were coughing so much. It gets up to about 10,000 feet, too. Uh, how'd you do with the altitude? The altitude, it went better than I thought it would. Um, maybe that was the sauna training before the race. I don't know. Um, I mean, I was certainly never planning on running uphill, uh, but I wasn't as winded as I thought I was going to be hiking uphill. So, and thankfully I didn't, you know, me and the, no one on the crew was, we didn't feel sick or whatnot so that worked out so there's a bunch of questions that are coming in about um your feet how you kept your feet um and what hurt the most tell us a a little bit about the physical aspect of that Mm. i i feel like i was complaining the entire time about how much my feet hurt i remember just saying to crew my feet hurt so much um i didn't have any blisters i wasn't having issues on like hot spots or anything uh it just felt like they were bashed with a baseball bat that's Hmm, that's how they felt crew was she crying a lot yeah they can't answer (laughs) no answer is an answer um you told me though before this which i find remarkable that is that you changed your socks and gave yourself foot care Every aid station. Every aid station. That's a lot of socks, as, lot of as socks. Dougie said. It's a lot of socks, and I apologize to the crew because I wore the Injinji socks, and uh, oh my goodness. Yo, toe socks. <laughs> Not only are they hard to get on with, like, just your regular foot going on, but I had the medics taped pretty much every toe and the ball of my feet, which made it even more difficult to get those socks on. Um, I think they were being very gracious and patient with the sock situation, but that was something in the beginning. I went in and said, I, I'm going to be, I want to be neurotic about socks. So 
the first 30 miles, uh, I wore one pair, and then every leg after that was about 15 to 20 miles. We changed socks. Okay. That seems to work, I guess. No blisters. So you're basically saying you came out with no blisters, no blisters. just your feet hurt because you were because you were on them for two. What should I try? You should try changing your socks. Maybe you should change your socks. See, I'm of the belief that if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Right? <laughs> Until you want to clip your I've pinky toe your off. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't really need a pinky toe. Um, okay, Honey Badger wants to know: Is there anything different you would have done training-wise? Honey Badger. <laughs> In the audience. Um, yes, I remember telling crew at 30 miles that I I wish I had done several long days of hiking, like 10, 12 hour days of just hiking. Didn't you do that though? I, I, no. I seem to have recalled you going out on these monster weekend hikes. But there was running. I could go back to all your blogs and check. <laughs> There was running involved. I mean, like, just just hiking. Purposeful. Purposeful power hiking to uh, just let my body know what's coming with the discomfort hmm. and the mental side of it, I think. Make friends with pain so you're never alone, Kimmy. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> uh, all right, so you got a lot going on. You're up for days. You know, you're having nutrition issues at times. Did you get a chance to take in the beauty that's Mother Tahoe? Yes, Mother Tahoe. Um, Just paint me a picture. I know. I have to say... Like when you think back on the race, what are you thinking about? You're not thinking about that that shake you got right? <laughs> in a parking lot. No. No, and that was something, like, I remember... At least I have this memory coming in to the first aid station and telling crew it was just... It was so incredibly beautiful. And the race, the, the way the race starts is you're climbing out of Homewood, which is a ski slope, and it's these, like, it's kind of similar to Mountain Creek, like we have here. You're climbing up, uh, it's like 2,000 foot climb, and like every corner you come around is just this sweeping vista of the lake. Um, and that was something, I think my crew would say the same thing, that like that view never got it, it just never, it never ceased to, like, make your jaw drop. Like, the color of the lake was, it was like the Caribbean. That's how we, we kept saying, like, screensaver. Screensaver, <laughs> yeah. We kept saying, like, it, it doesn't even look real. It doesn't even look real. Um, but there were so many moments, like, the, Laura and I, when we were, we got to the top of Spooner for, I mean, it was perfect timing with the sunset, and that was, like, that was breathtaking. That was like... You were walking into the sunset, right? The lake yeah. was on your right. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about high points, like your highs. What was the what was the absolute low point where you're like, I can't do... I, I know mine, and I was I was literally crying in, in heavenly. Like, I can't do this anymore. My crew, Dougie, Justin, and others got me out before I even knew the Jedi mind tricks that they were playing on me. <laughs> <laughs> like... What was the low? What was the absolute low point for you? Did, was there ever a moment where you didn't think you were going to finish this thing? I know those are two different questions. I know. Um, yes, there was a moment where I thought I was not going to finish. I was having some digestive issues um, after Brockway, Brockway Summit, I think it was. 
And I remember thinking, it's impossible to finish the race <laughs> if I have to keep stopping every five minutes. Um, but again, crew problem solved with that, and it resolved itself. But um, I think low points, there were two that stick out in my mind. One was making our way to Heavenly. I think I knew going into the race that leg was going to be mentally the hardest because the format was an out and back. So this is miles 80 to 100 where, like, you're making your way up. It's, it's on paper. It's a very hard segment anyway uh, and then when you get there you're halfway you've done a hundred but you still have to do a hundred more and you're turning around to go back and then not only that you're passing all these people who are on their way back out and I know I'm not the only one who, who felt this way because I've talked to other people but you're like oh good job <laughs> but in your mind you're like oh this is brutal yeah. like Down backs are tough. It's it was tough, and it was at night, so like the headlamps are coming at you, and you're trying to like stay positive. Uh, I remember that was difficult. And then when I was with Robin, at the top of the power lines, uh, that was definitely the lowest moment of the race. I remember just. uh, For you or Robin? I don't know. (laughs) What to ask her? There was a lot going on in that. We're gonna get the crew out here in a few minutes. Yeah. What to ask the commentary? She had some good dialogue <laughs> climbing up the power lines <laughs> um, but that was that was a low race a uh, low point of the race it was the third night and that was I think just mentally really challenging there were I've never been in a race where you know people talk about their demons and that's what I experienced on the third night um, I'm so thankful I was with Robin because we literally just stopped. She put her hands on my shoulder and said, you're going to be okay. Would you, so some people do this solo. Some people use a crew. Mm-hmm. Obviously you had a crew. What's your thoughts on people that are doing this solo? I don't know how they're in their head that long. I don't, I don't think I'd. I know that I don't have the fortitude to do that. Yeah, I don't think I do either. I don't want to either. I like having the crew out there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a community. Yeah. Right? It's a shared journey. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're asking about crew, and, you, and you'll, you'll do it with your crew, and you'll, you'll probably use... Yeah. <laughs> you'll probably use a crew for the next one as well. Let's bring the crew out. We'll back up a little bit. So my mug is not so tight in camera. All right. Okay, we're getting closer. Yep. Nice and tight. All right, am I still in? Let me see. Tighten up, everybody. (laughs) All right, who wants to go first? Not it. (laughs) Well, Robin, why don't you talk to us about the power lines then? Oh, the power lines. Well, so uh, explain what the power lines are, because I'm just jumping into it from a question perspective. Uh, it's, a, it's a stretch that basically goes straight up, <laughs> which I, I didn't, I mean, you had told me that. You're like, oh, it's just, it's straight up, and you could lose your footing because it's straight up, and you don't really get that until you're on it. <laughs> 
pretty much vertical. You're pretty much vertical. Yes. And we did it at night, so that was extra fun. Um, but truly, it's like sandy, small rocks. So when you're walking up it, you can like really lose your footing and slide backwards. And there are these bushes that are have very thick sticks. Aggressive. Aggressive <laughs> sticks in these bushes that scrape you as you're <laughs> climbing <laughs> up this thing. And we've been talking about the power lines for a really long time. Like, I don't know how mm -hmm. I became the person to do the power lines with you, but somehow I did. And But then when I got the joy of doing the power lines, <laughs> basically I just pretty much cursed the entire time. I was such a cheerleader the whole time. Like, Kim, this is, you can do this. And then we got to the power lines and I won't say everything that I was saying. It, was, it was a beautiful symphony of it was, profanity. That's what it was. I just, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it was the only way I was getting up that thing. So yeah, it was it was basically like a like this. It was fine. So, so Grace, you you've um you've crewed the Wachundo. I did. Right? Yes. You've been up in Vermont. I have. How does this how does crewing this race compare to those events? Oh man, well Wachundo was e I have to say Kim is the easiest person to crew. Everything was labels. Like every, I was, it was my happy place to go in that bin. I'm like, oh, this buff, bras, the undies. This is great. So that was wonderful. Um, but the part was it just didn't end. I kept going day after day. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, what day is it? And I'm like, it's only day two. So all the other ones went quickly. Like you got to the end and you'd feel like, oh, yay, she did it. And then this one, I'm like, we have more days to go. So that was tough. That was definitely. And then the sleeping. How are you guys managing it as a crew? So, because I I have to say I've never crewed a 200. I think it's time man. myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to crew. I'm looking forward to crewing, <laughs> helping crew Kimmy on the next one. I try to have a schedule, and I you know I heard over the last week I'm very intense. <laughs> I love you, Gracie. Super organized. I love I'm you. very organized. So organized. Yeah. So I had a plan like. The, night, the person next would sleep, the, the next crew would go out, that person that came in would sleep. Like, we had it all set up, except for the time I was supposed to sleep and I forgot. <laughs> you I forgot to sleep. What did you do? I was, I was going, no, I was with them. Like, right. oh, let's go see Kim. And then all of a sudden I got in the car and, like, time started happening. And I was with, who was I with? Me. You. And I was like, oh, no. And then I went to my dark place for five minutes. And then all of a sudden she's like, how about you? It's about Kim, my like, so I felt better, but basically everyone slept in between everything the best we could. Now, I'm a good sleeper, so I slept pretty easily. I, I think I slept the most, to be honest, out of everybody here. Like, I definitely slept, like, at least 15 hours. <laughs> she had, like, three. It was it was hard. But I would say, so the sleeping thing was the hardest, and the, the time, like, you felt you were gone for, like, a month. Okay. Yeah, definitely felt like that. Um, how was reentry then, if I can ask that? Before I go back to Robin. Right to ice cream. What is, wait, <laughs> yeah. what is, what is re-entry? Your re-entry back yeah, into right the real world The real there. world? Oh, I mean, it was hell because our flight got canceled. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, that was, it, I'm still not re-entered. I'm still like on in the foggy zone. Robin, yeah. this was your first experience crewing. Yeah, I mean, when? it was trial by fire. Like, why did you think this is a good idea for me? <laughs> I went from, like, never crewing. I'm like, oh, I'll crew a 200. I don't know what I'm doing. But, no, I mean, it was like boot camp. 
basically just you're gonna learn everything in four days and so that's that, that <laughs> me saying that to her yeah basically i'm like okay crazy, okay i mean that's that's pretty much the, the nutshell of how that works but i heard you were fantastic i don't know i hope yes. so i mean i yes. tried yes. but it, i don't know because i don't have anything to compare it to so well would you do it again uh, i'd like to do 100 maybe you want to do 200 is so many days <laughs> See, I try I to get that. that. I yeah. gotta think about that. That's very long, Matt. It's so long. We were it's trying so to get it, Rob. We were trying to get it on tape for you. I know. I know. I see that, but I'm, I'm, I'm not giving that to no. you just yet. It's still fresh, you know. So, <laughs> so you heard some of Kimmy's answers, and you wanna, you wanna concur or, or highlight some of the points that Was she made. Was anything inaccurate that I said? No. She's very. Like I said, you're a great person to prove. She's very aware. She's like, she's like apologizing for complaining. You know, and our first our first leg, our aid station, we were late. Not my fault. No, we were on time. We were just on time. We were just on time. We were just on time. And like she could tell I was like frazzled and she like texted, you guys do great. I'm like, this crazy girl is running 200 miles and she's worried about crew. Like this is why, like we, that's why I was like so happy to do it for her. She was. She's totally on spot how she was. I don't think she was as bad as she said, but I actually got her on all the good days. You did. I all did. The freshly I got all. Days. I you made got sure she got her sleep. I made. So you got her after every nap. Yeah. After yeah. every nap. <laughs> wow. I was like high as a kite. Yeah. That's amazing. She's like, this is great. She's like, here, here you go. Here's Kim. I'm like, oh. Thanks. We're in South Mountain. Great. Let's go for a run. Yeah. Totally. Um, that's fantastic. You know, I. I I had a little bit of a glimpse to the preparation that you guys did, and, and you know, yeah, you were canceled a year, but you guys were prepped up and planning the whole time. Can you shine a little light on it? Because people at home don't know the planning and the prep and the meetings and the and the kind of the analysis of it. I'm not saying everybody needs to do this, right. but there is no doubt with 95 people not finishing yeah that's a long way to go it's a huge effort to not get across the line right well that was the goal obviously there was no in my mind there's no there was no not finishing right so in order to do that you have to have 75 versions of what can happen so there's a plan and then it's plan B and then maybe C and D and then there's some plans underneath that and, and we were planning C and D while we were there like it's just always anticipating what could go wrong, and if that goes wrong, which is the worst thing, and it's not about being negative in my mind. It's about worst case scenario, we have a plan, good. Let's hope for the best case scenario. And we did that all the time, but the pre-planning was all about how long is this really going to take her? So that was the first thing we did. Like, I took a spreadsheet out. I'm like, let me just see how long it's going to take her. I'm like, oh, you have like 10 hours. You have so much time. And then she's like, well, what about sleep? I'm like, I'll come back to you. And then I put in sleep. But I had like four or five hours each night. <laughs> I was thinking. I was like, she needs her sleep. So I, we planned and we talked about it. And then, you know, food came into it. And we just had conversations every month, I would say. We had some lags. And then we had this. This is my Doug, By the way, Doug, you got to see this. This is awesome. For, for, so, yeah, every for aid, future. Every aid station had a sheet that we just wrote down what happened. Because the next time she's going to do it, which she will, um, People need to know what to expect, you know, and so, you know, she's hungry and she's tired and her feet hurt. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically all these notes. Every page. Every page. I mean, like, the first leg, I have, it's so, it's so funny, like, these are great. Trail nap after 20 minutes. Does not like 
she didn't like one sexy snack. <laughs> she didn't like the, the chicken. Um, uh, the tortilla was disgusting. We knew okay. it was bad. Know, we knew, knew it was bad. We had, had nothing left. You know, that kind of. But like all this stuff about the food that worked, caffeine gum. Like who knew that existed? Yeah, you know. caffeine yes, gum caffeine good. pills. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a coffee, first of all, you can't drink coffee on the trails. I think that's almost impossible. But caffeine pills worked like a charm. She'd get it, like she'd get quiet. I'm like, I have five more minutes. I'm like, do you want to take a food break and have a caffeine pill? She's like, sure. And then five minutes later, she'd do that. And then in 10 minutes, she's like, so what do you want to talk about? Like, <laughs> it, works. it does. It works. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't even feel like the up and down. You just felt like not in that dark place. Mm -hmm. So I encourage the drugs. Oh, and Tylenol. Tylenol. She's very, you were very resistant to Tylenol. She was very against pain medicine. She didn't get the best direction at one of the aid stations. So we pivoted to the Tylenol. And, uh, it took the edge off, I think. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, but she was the most prepared person. I mean, you should see the book that we got. We have a whole binder with everything mapped out, where she puts everything in her pack, where everything goes, yep. what she likes. We have a spreadsheet of everything. I mean, as a crew, we could be so prepared for what her needs were at any time and what we need to do at every aid station, have a list of everything that needed to happen each time so it was like everything was already the done. The bladder map you, you think is crazy like when she had her her, her uh, pack map at first you're like this isn't but then it's like which is like I need this okay here it is it was the most amazing thing we all had it on our phones and most of us used it. It was a map of a map her of pack. her pack where everything goes. It was like a picture. You know who told me to do that? Wow. Kevin Goldberg told Dina right. that we should do that. And, and it works so because shout out for Kevin the, Goldberg for the crew to know where yes. everything in your pack was. Yes. Yeah, she said to make a diagram of what's in what pocket, like little things, like which shoulder does the hose go over, and that was really good advice. And from then everything Kevin. Was it was organized. So I mean, your bin, everything is labeled. I mean, it just made things uh, not that we were so quick at the aid stations, but everything I was, was trying to be quick, but then I heard you know, <laughs> I got a lot of. You mean when she came in, how intense you were at, at so we had a secret giving just, directions? Yeah, they're like just. Oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. she also, and the other thing I want to say about Kim is that, like you said before, every time that I was pacing for her or that we were together at an aid station, she was always like, "You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. You're doing so great. Look at how well you did." Blah blah blah. I mean, she was like cheerleading us time in the middle of her going through everything that she was going through she was shouting out us I mean it was just this amazing thing to witness I, I don't know if everybody could do that well, I don't know if I could do well, that. well Maria I mean, actually put a question in how do you stay mentally strong during a race like this I'll throw that one back to you Mm. Like, uh, we talk about highs and lows it's natural with anything I mean you have highs and lows through the course of your day working how did you stay mentally strong through four days of that? Like, um, what's going through your mind? Well, I don't think I stayed mentally strong the whole time. Maybe that's like a... Your crew's saying something a little different. Mm, you saw some meltdown. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I did. I, I saw those ups and downs. But when you were able to be outside of those small times when you were down, which felt very long, but really in reality, yeah, it, I remember was, you it saying, was five minutes. Remind her it's only going to be five minutes. Right. It's going like, to be five minutes. There'll be an end going to end in five minutes, you're going to be okay, you mm -hmm. know. But when you weren't in those little moments, you 
we're doing all those things I just said. Yeah. You know, I mean that that I think is so amazing to have the ability to look outside yourself when everything is hurting and you've been so far and it's so emotional. Yet you're finding the space in your head to say, "Wow, you're doing a really good job at whatever." It is. You know, I mean that that was and awesome. And apologizing for moving slow, like it's, it's okay. <laughs> just it just takes so long to take off. I felt bad because I, I I like wanted them to run and I was like, "I'm sorry, we didn't get to run." I just can't move my body. <laughs> I felt bad that Robin didn't really get to run a lot. But you, how many miles did she get? Like, Robin did 30 miles. 30 miles. I'm sure she was all right with I'm that. I'm pretty sure that up and is kind of close to running. 6,000 6, feet? Yeah. There's a, there's, a there's a lot of climbing. Yeah. I think that's a lot more than running. It was a lot. I, I did not miss running. Yeah. It was totally fine. Yeah. It was not like, oh my god, I wish I could run. No, I didn't feel that way at all. Would you guys change anything? Having no, let me let me rephrase that. What are you gonna change for the next time you run? Okay. I'm gonna find what you need to do for feet, because I, I was telling you, like they were. I am so obsessed with this. They figured out how to make your legs not hurt, your arms not hurt, like nothing hurts anymore with all the fuel and nutrition. Why can't we figure out the feet? Like let's figure that out, and then we'll be fine. I'm trying That's to figure out where you're going with out. that. <laughs> like, what can we do? Like, is it like uh, better shoes? Is it like I don't know shots to your feet that numb them? <laughs> Special numbing shots. Cut them off. Cut them off. Shots all over your body, maybe. Like something so she doesn't have to feel that pain until later. <laughs> that's that's the number. I'm obsessed with that. Just a side note: when we did Colorado, Dougie Dougie had foot care down. He surprised me. He's like, come on, put your foot up here. And started yeah, going Dougie. to town. Like, Ooh, well, we got to talk, Dougie. He, you got to do what you got to do. He's a field doctor now. We got to talk. I want to know more. I was not good at the feet. I mean, I was like, what, what are these things with these, these weird socks? And I couldn't get them on. And Oh, shoehorn. That's the second thing. Uh, shoe I heard about that idea. Shoehorn. 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 shoe-horn. We need a shoehorn. Go on. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dina wants to know when you're getting the tattoo. Oh, oh yeah. I was, I was ready. I was ready. You guys dropped the ball. No. You dropped the ball with me jumping in the lake. I oh, said I man. wanted to do that. Because you were taking tape off your feet for two days. <laughs> <laughs> and sticking your toes through those little knock holes. Listen, y'all missed your opportunity for the tattoo. I was ready and primed. All right. So what are we go. getting for the tattoo? Or is You're that a private matter? You're going to to just get like one little white dot. One little tree. Like a little, I we didn't even tree. talk to you about this. Like a tree. You wouldn't even see just a white dot just to start you off. Yeah. You know. You could do a white dot. Nobody would even know. I think we should get Shamala Hamala. Shamala Hamala. Shamala Hamala is happening. How's been your recovery? We're, you know, you've been back a few days. I know it's kind of been a little bumpy, probably re-entry. I won't even talk about the flight home and all that sort of stuff. But I will say, you know, from a crew perspective, you know now how important it is to help your runner get home okay. and not miss their flight. Do we want flight. to clear the air? <laughs> we can clear the air, okay? I've already apologized to you in private, but I can do it in public, okay? Listen. We blew this, all right? It was my fault. I owned it, okay? I owned it in big I was not looking for an apology. No, no, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do this, okay? We missed... We missed the flight in Bigfoot because I thought, you know, crewing's over. And now, having completed a 200-mile race, there's no brain cells To the door, baby. Right to the door. You got to go door to door when you're crewing. And thankfully, I mean, it was unfortunate it happened to you, but I was able to take some lessons from that and tell these ladies that, like, 
there will be no brain function afterwards. Right. And they rec they recognize that. They packed my bag. They took they they packed my luggage. Because even there were like five things left out of luggage that I had to pack the next morning. And I remember just standing there and staring at the five <laughs> items and it was like five minutes like why can't I do this? I can't do this. <laughs> yes, I apologize. I'm sorry. Wasn't looking for that, but thank you. Thank you. Um, back to the question of how's the recovery been uh, since you've been back? And what are you doing? Like to to uh, have you run since? Are you? I know you had a race this past weekend. Probably not the best time for you to have a race, but again, going back to the community around you, um, rallying. Yeah. You know, but like, how are you feeling? What are you doing to replenish the 40,000 calories that you burned up? Um, you know, your feet surely are, are mashed up a bit, even though there's no blisters. What are you doing to recover? Um, no, I have not run. I haven't even done any hiking. But um, it has been a whirlwind because the flight took an extra day, and then our Sasquatch race was an overnight event, so um, the timing was pretty unfortunate with that, because it was like a midnight to 12 noon over the weekend, um, and we have people here, Sarah Kool-Aid, Joe, Becca, they like pretty much ran the race, because I was just sitting there like, I think I was probably drooling at some point, <laughs> I was so tired. Um, but no, it's been, I've been trying to sleep, like after that, after the Sasquatch race, I slept for like 13 hours, because that was really the first day, uh, I guess, what's today? Tuesday? Tuesday. So yesterday was like the first day that I was actually just home and not doing anything. I haven't unpacked, there's, the Tahoe suitcases are... Wait a minute, do you still have like running clothes in Ziploc bags? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my clean. god. They're clean though, sorry, because... Yeah, Crew, do no. laundry. What's up? Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. It did, yeah. So we're coming up to the top of the hour. What's next for you, personally? And what's up for Sasquatch in the future? Mm. Big questions. And, and listen, with Tahoe, we're going to be talking about this on and on and on. There's so many stories and so many things to unpack and, and chat about. You know, you only could get to so many. I thank everybody for sending questions in. Very helpful. But back to the wrap-up question. What's up for you personally and, and for Sasquatch? Um, <clears throat> recoveries first. Um, I don't really even know what that's supposed to look like, but I'm not planning on running anytime very soon. Um, there is something in the works, which I suppose... We can go public about it now that Tahoe is over. It's up to you. I see Kool-Aid shaking her head. <laughs> um, so we are going out to Montana for... Oh, I think you're talking about something else. What? <laughs> what? What? No. What else? Yeah. What? There's time. You're going out. Montana. I know. Yeah. There's not even a Facebook I know. He, was, he was thinking about you. No. Oh. No. <laughs> Is being organized by a 200-mile runner named Helgi, and it's an invite-only. There's about 15 or 17 runners going out. Uh, Matt was invited to do it. Um, he put my name in the hat. 
and then I was invited to do it. Um, so I'm going out there with Dina Griffin, who is on Crew and Pace. We're going to relay, so we're going to bounce back and forth with mileage to hit the 350 miles. So that's the first weekend in September for that. And Matt's going to be doing all 350 by himself, which is going to be a hoot. It's not really where I was going with the personal question, but that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that. Fast Quad, um, that was a really cool part about Tahoe. Um, I've shared a little bit with crew. I was talking with Robin a little bit about it today. Um, conversations that came up and just the space that Tahoe created to have uh, some big picture ideas. Um, really excited about the direction Fast Quad's going. I think we're kind of at like a, a a turning point with Sasquad in terms of growth, like the race calendar is full and we still have a lot of crazy ideas to add to that. Um, so I don't know, I don't have definitive answers, I just think that the next year is going to be really exciting for Sasquad trail riding. Awesome. Mm. I don't have any questions left, does anybody in the audience want to throw something out? If not, yeah, yeah, I think we can wrap it up. Online? Well, we could. Texted them all. Uh, did you read them all? I did. Uh, a question about wildlife. What kind of wildlife did you say? Wildlife? You know, there really wasn't. I saw deer. Some <laughs> squirrel. Exotic. <laughs> some squirrel. I saw some crying middle-aged <laughs> middle-aged men. <laughs> Listen, I did not see one person crying. Really? Yeah. No. Not one. That's why I was asking, like, so for us. I feel like I'm the only one. <laughs> I dying think I actually here. probably swallowed tears. You know, stopped crying when people were coming. Yeah. yeah you never let, never let you see them walking either. You know, it's like he quick. He posted it on the Tahoe 200 group. I think he probably get a long list of people who shed a few. Yeah, I mean, we all did from yeah. here. <laughs> Everybody did. Everyone's crying for you. Yeah, I I shed a few tears. I was like, this is incredible. So it, it was incredible oh to be God. to watch the journey, and just to know what you've gone through to get to this point. Like this was a 600-day training block, which is absurd. <laughs> it's um, a long time. So to finally get out there, I know coming back in, assimilating back in is tough. Yeah, you know? and we can, that's a whole another assimilation. That's a whole another yeah. ball of wax. Yeah, the the reentry. Yeah, it's been um, challenging. Well, that's good that you have an event on the calendar and, and a lot of other exciting things going on. So, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, thank you for sharing. I didn't get yeah. enough tears out of you, I think. So, <laughs> no, so I, I'm kind of kicking myself a little well, bit. Well, I it was pretty much crying the whole, like, since we came back. So, <laughs> I kind of dried up. <laughs> Ladies, thank you for coming out. Audience, we thank you as well. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching live, we appreciate you. Um, this is going to be on the podcast in a couple of days, Sasquatch Trail Runners. You can find that uh, anywhere podcasts are streaming. And then our website has all the information for our events, which is sasquadtrailrunning.com. Good? Drop the mic. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs>